Foxy and Giuliano, the podcast. Yo, I mate. Hey, I'm in a good mood today. Yeah, you are. Yeah, how Do come? You know, I I walked up to Giuliano this morning, and he went, "You all right, mate?" I went, "I'm in a good mood." He went, "Blimey." Am I in that much of a bad mood all the time? Well, I, guess, I guess our 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 new normal has sort of set um set our happiness levels a lot lower <laughs> than than maybe in previous years. You know what it's like? It's just <laughs> life's pretty bo- boring at the moment, isn't it? I, I didn't want to become a, a boring person. I, I wanted to be a happy human being, but it would seem I'm morphing into my mum. I'm just miserable. <laughs> I'm just miserable all the time, and I apologise. I'm sorry. Wait, I mean, it's it's different for you. So I've I've just come out of another ten days of of isolation because one of my children once again hasn't been here, hasn't been ill, but was sent home from school because somebody else was. So I think I've had uh, thirty days off in the last like forty five days. Yeah. And the most exciting thing that's happened to me is either I took my car to the garage at one point because it had an oil leak. Yeah, and the, and the reason for that is because you haven't put the dipstick in properly. No, not me. Oh, was it somebody else? The garage, else? when it got serviced, they didn't. <laughs> oh, was it them? They either didn't put the oil cap on properly or put the dipstick down so so the oil exploded out. <laughs> Love it. Um, and I know it was you... them. I t- I'll tell you how I know it was them. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you how I know it was them. It's because they didn't charge me. Oh, really? Yeah, so they're obviously feeling bad. Well, that, and it also would never be you, because you probably never lifted the bonnet I, before. I, I was, I just, I, I, I'm just such a car cretin, I wouldn't know what I'm doing. Would you know how to open the bonnet if you were asked? I know how to open the bonnet, and right. I know how to put oil in. I had to I had to look up on YouTube how well, to... Well, <laughs> did you really? Because I wasn't quite sure which one the oil cap was, because... Oh, my God. The oil had exploded out so much that... You're having to I, top couldn't, it up. I couldn't see which one. Well, there was oil all over the oil ah, cap, right, so I, okay. couldn't, I wasn't quite sure if that, that yellow one was definitely the oil cap. That's not how mechanics do it. They don't just follow the smell of oil. Yeah, that's definitely the dipstick. So, so I looked it up on YouTube. Just, I was pretty sure. Did you have a, your phone in one hand watching no, the I video? No, I went inside and looked it up on the computer. <laughs> amazing. I don't know why I find that. Do you know so- why I did that? Go on. Because Jen wasn't around. <laughs> <laughs> Jen would have known exactly where to put the oil. So what's the other thing exciting? I played schools a lot. I dressed up as a stormtrooper one I day. I saw that. I saw pictures of that, yeah. You, I yeah. mean, I didn't realise you turned into a wacky dad. You're a good old dad now. Albie st- started watching Star Wars. I, <sighs> I hadn't watched that. I, I don't know when the last one was made, but I hadn't watched the last three. So I thought, well, maybe he'll like something about space. Turns out he absolutely loves it. That is, I am so jealous. Um, we, we downloaded the, the Disney channel, you know, this new Disney service. And I wanted to educate my two girls, Rosie and Elsie, into 90s and 80s films, like some classics that you and I have got so much love for. Like what? Um, so we sat down and watched Turner and Hooch. They hated that. Is that on Disney? That's on Disney. Because uh, I'm such a big fan of Tom Hanks, I, I said, right, if you don't like Turner and Hooch, we're watching Splash. Now, I had forgotten that Splash is fairly filthy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, we watched Home Alone last week, but we didn't. We just assumed it would be on one of the TV channels or something like that. Anyway, we had to download it. Turns out, for all these years that we've been watching, we've been watching the, the TV edits, haven't we? There's a TV edit? Yeah, well, there, there must be, because there's there's more swearing in it. There's one bit where he says, I wouldn't... What's it? I, like, Kevin, I wouldn't... It was something about Kevin growing on his ass or something like that. So, of course, <laughs> oh. the kids are repeating it all. Uh, have you ever watched... Oh, what was the one we watched before? Oh, The Goonies as well. What, is which, that rude as well? It's got rudeness in it, yeah. And you don't realise how scary some of the bits are as well for a four-year-old. So that was disappointing that I couldn't watch The Goonies. But your kids are into Star Wars. I am so jealous with that. 
Yeah. And so, I mean, what else? I mean, I've, I've got through, well, probably at least 10 movies in the last 15 days. And just if Albus teachers are listening, you have done some homeschooling. Yeah, but he's in reception. Like, what can you do? Anyway, he's really good. He's, he's ahead of most of his class. Isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> you had to get that in there, didn't you? I'm trying to think. Probably the most exciting thing that's going to happen is we might put Christmas decorations up this well, weekend. That is the reason why I'm in such a good mood because today is the day that we're going to put up the uh, the Christmas decorations. What is the date of recording? Is it the 28th? Let me check my the phone. Tw- let me have a look. The 28th of November. So we're going to put our Christmas tree up. Which I would say is probably a week earlier than we normally do. But are you going false tree or real tree? Real tree, my friend. So Jen asked me during the week. She's like, "What do you think about a false tree?" And I said to her, "As soon as it enters the house, I'll be throwing it over the neighbour's fence." <laughs> You're not keen. I hate them, and I'm you know I'm sorry if you do have them. There's nothing. There's nothing inherently wrong with them. But what I love about a real tree is 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 the smell of it. And the, the argument about who's going to clear up all the needles. We we bought a tree last year that didn't smell. And I was furious about that. Didn't have one bit of smell to it at all. I was constantly going in the living room. Because it's that lovely. When you walk into the room where your tree is, the real tree, and you go, that Al- smells good. Yeah, it's like an alpine smell, isn't it? Yeah. yeah we didn't have that last year. So, um, yeah, we might do that. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm sounding pretty boring. I mean, that has been my life. Well, we are going to get the Christmas tree today. My wife is going crazy with Christmas. I think this will be our third tree that we've got uh, so far. So every room is going to pretty much have a Christmas tree. Leanne wants it to be extra special for the girls this year, and I get why. It's been uh, it's been a it's been a crap year, hasn't it? So <laughs> crap year. So uh, we're going Christmas crazy, and it would be nice alongside the decorations to build to book an experience i mean i don't know because obviously santa claus is very busy at this time of the year it's not been a great year for everyone and it would seem that all parents want to do exactly the same as us so any experience of meeting santa fully booked everywhere sold out here sold out there i think there's only one thing that we could have done which was uh near Mulvan where we we, we live close to there uh, they're doing a light uh what is it a light a celebration of light it's called uh, but that's so expensive. It's like 20 quid per person unless you want to go during the day. <laughs> I mean, uh, it goes during the day. <laughs> Us probably, because that's the only place that's left. Oh, I like your lights during the day. They're great. Have you turned them on? So, I don't know. So you just walk around and look at Christmas lights? Pretty or, much, yeah. Because I, I I saw that Silverstone are doing that thing. I'm assuming they've just ripped off Blackpool Illuminations, which I never quite understood. Silverstone. Yes, yeah, so it sounds amazing. You and you and your family get in your car and you drive around the circuit. Well, does Lewis Hamilton take you around? <laughs> be incredible! How much is that? No, you moron! It's quite, it's not cheap actually. Considering all you're doing is driving your car to Silverstone and you drive around the track looking at lights. Do you go in your own car then? Yeah, you don't get in like a Ferrari oh, Formula right. One car because that would be special. <laughs> Although you'd be going at the speed, you wouldn't see the lights, would you? Wouldn't you? see the light. No, That's no, exactly. Point, yeah. I think it's about thirty or forty quid or no, something so, like that. But to be to drive on the hallowed Silverstone would be pretty special. Well, yeah, but it's just a road, isn't it? No, it's Silverstone. It's just a tar- Yeah, but you're not going to go don't around. You say just tarmac. It's just tar. It's like <laughs> it's not. It's... You're not going to like take a. I, I mean, I'm trying to. I, is, is Beckett's one of the famous corners? I don't know. I might have just made that up. <sighs> I don't. Do Whatever know... one of the famous corners is, you can't just whiz round with your family like breaking their their necks as you go round. Hold on, under- girls. <laughs> I'm taking it 110. Happy Christmas. We're going straight to A and E. Do you remember this? I've been round Silverstone on the back of a superbike. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. You look petrified. Oh, that, I've never messed myself so much in all my life. And stupidly, because I stayed with my mate Stu, and uh, he was part of the Kawasaki team, and he organised the experience to go pillion rider with Gary and Mason, who was one of the superbike riders at the time, around Silverstone. Just one lap. 
and the night before I stayed in the Kawasaki uh, camper which I've made it sound rubbish but it was this incredible beast of a truck where there's loads of bedrooms that pull it's like a spaceship it's amazing and there was a free bar so obviously you know me very well Giuliano I took full advantage of that free before bar before you went on a oh, yeah, yeah, on yeah. a superbike um, uh, and do you know what it wasn't just the experience of going around Silverstone that was petrifying it was getting into uh, a leather suit as well which I'd never done in my life and, and I'm not a small chap so it was embarrassing for them to have to go around not just Kawasaki's team, but all the teams to see if there's one that was big enough to fit me. I always feel sorry for you. You're always the guy who has problems with suits. Yeah, well, but just clothing in it's general. just you at the Onion Factory. I'm not sure if we've mentioned it before, that how you got no, fired. No, Garlic Bread Factory. Oh, Garlic Bread, sorry. Yeah. Did you work at Onion Factory? I, I worked at an Onion Factory just for one shift. And how many crap jobs have you had? I've had two. Well, I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> I could probably open it up a little bit. What do you do at the Onion Factory? The Onion Factory was weird. That was when I was at university in Lincoln. Uh, me and my mate Gazza, who was a scouser, proper scouser. A great guy, like he used to tuck his trackies into his white socks and had Nike trainers. Like uh, a sound guy, and I got him so well at uni. I'll never forget the day he went for a job as a bouncer, and the bouncer just laughed and he walked out. <laughs> but we, he was like, "Mate, we need to make some money. Let's go to. I've got a job here. Do you want to come with me?" I was like, "What is it?" He's like, "We've got to uh, sort out onions at an onion factory in Spalding in Lincolnshire." I was like, oh, great. Okay, what time do I have to get up? Three o'clock. They pick us up. You're joking me, aren't you? No, mate. Let's just do it. See how we get on. So we went. And, and Gaz and I, we got bored because it was a 12-hour shift. It's not easy work, is no, it? And I, no, it's not. And I'm stood like next to a, a conveyor belt, and there's just onions after onions after onions after onions going past. And, and Gaz and I got slightly bored. And I'll never forget, Gaz accidentally dropped one of the onions off the conveyor belt. And it was like a scene out of the Matrix, because these other people, factory workers, were so passionate about their Spalding well, onions. Oh, good, good. That they di- this one guy dived to save the onion before it hit the floor. <laughs> no! How do you say onion? Onion, I know, it's one of those words that I say strange. It's like necklace. But you, when, when you say strange, do you mean wrong? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're saying onion. Onion, well, I don't know what it is, I've got a bit of phlegm at the back of my throat. You're, giving it, you're giving it an unnecessary G. Onion, on- is there a G in there? On- on- onion. Onion! Onion! Yeah, but I prefer the G, I'm more of a street guy. Onion. The, um, the worst job I ever had was when I um, I worked at John Lewis, which was great. That wasn't It wasn't the fact that I was working at John Lewis. They were really good to say, me. I you're so posh that not even John Lewis is good enough. But it was the, it was the year before I went to university. I had some time off uh, to earn some money. And uh, after a few months, it transpired that they don't like their workers coming into work at nine o'clock in the morning, having got in at about three o'clock the, morning, <laughs> the yeah. night before. Yeah. So they put me out the back into the, the warehouse and there was so little to do one day. This is the worst thing I've ever had to do. My job for that day was they would give me uh, sheets of paper that were stapled together. Right. And my job, because they wanted to shred the paper... Yeah. But obviously they couldn't put the staples in, which were oh, metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to take the corners oh off bits of paper yeah. with with the stapling. <laughs> How many hour shift was that? I mean, I must have been, I don't know, eight, hour eight hours oh, or something like that. Lord. That that was my worst ever job. The, the, the garlic bread factory story, which you started to tell, was the one where I, it was a summer job whilst I was still at uni. And uh, I got there and I was too fat, they couldn't find a uniform to fit me. <laughs> So, do you remember? So I ended up doing something very similar to the John Lewis thing where I, the guy was like, oh, because it was back in Hull where I'm from. He was like, sorry, mate, uh, can't find uh, uniform big enough, so you're going to have to go in office. So I had to get um, stickers with garlic bread 
um, <laughs> the garlic bread uh, words on it and, and slapped it onto the packaging. And I did that for eight hours and I walked out and I said to my girlfriend at the time, she picked me up and she went, do you have a nice day? And I was like, no, I'm too fat to fit in the uniform. I've been sticking stickers on garlic bread all day. No, I'm not going back. So, no, that was my that was my worst job. The best one. job I ever had was delivering flowers. If you ever you want to feel good about yourself. Well, I've recently become unemployed and you said to me, the best thing to do, go and be a delivery driver. Cause I love that been job. loved it. You get to listen to the radio all day. Which, which was good in itself. But, I mean, there was the obvious one. Every so often you had to drop flowers at a crematorium. <laughs> but but you were never really dropping it to people. You were just dropping it off into a location. So that was always fine. Yeah. But the ones where you got given uh, flowers to deliver to people who just had babies or just had a bit of good news. Happy times. You got all the credit for delivering the flowers. Even though the geezer had paid for the flowers. Someone's paid 50 quid for these you lovely the man. Fl- I was the man every single time. It made me feel great. One job that Leanne wants me to do before Christmas, because everything would seem to be uh, to be fully booked at the moment, she wants me to, uh, because obviously the big man is very busy at the moment, she wants me to dress up as Santa, to, to, to appear at our home, knock on the door, Ho, 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 Merry Christmas, Rosie! Uh, and play the part of Santa. Are they not going to recognise you? Well, this is my... That's that's part one of the argument I've said to Leanne. And part two is I've got this horrible memory of playing Santa for my mum. My mum was a head teacher back up north in Hull. And I just started doing the breakfast show on 96.9 Viking FM, number one for Yorkshire and Northern Lincolnshire. And I thought I was pretty big time. Yeah. So my mum rang me. She said, uh, "John, I, I need." And she's got quite a deep voice. She went, oh, "John, I need, I need you to play." John, <laughs> I need you to I do know. something for me. <laughs> she's basically Johnny Vegas. She, 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 um, she drinks more than him. She, she, um, she, she said, "I want you to play Santa at my primary school." And I was like, "I'm not doing it. I'm a big time radio presenter now." She said, "If you don't do it, then you're in big trouble." I said, "I'll see you in half an hour, mum." <laughs> so <laughs> I finished the breakfast show. Talking to, I don't know, 400,000 people. Went to my mum's primary school. She's like, yeah, go in the office. I've put the uh, the Santa costume in there. I'm like, mum, I don't want to do this. She's like, you're doing it. I was like, okay, I'll do it. Because my mum is quite scary. So I went in there, got dressed as Santa. And she says, right, follow me. I'm going to take you around all the classrooms. You ring the bell. You shout, ho, ho, ho. You sit down. You give all the kids a gift. That's all you have to do. I was like, okay, I can deal with that. So I put on this costume. Funny enough, it was a struggle. <laughs> Even the Have huge... you ever thought about losing weight? <laughs> I often think about it, but then I always seem to drive past the McDonald's. So I put on the suit and I grabbed hold of this huge school, the old school bell, the big golden bell that we used to all get at school. And then my mum would escort me around these classrooms. So we got to the first class and obviously I was a bit like, I don't want to be doing this. So she opens the door. She's like, she looks at me with a stern. Because if, if you've got a parent or somebody in your family that's a teacher, they've got to look. They've got the teacher look. My dad had the step. Oh, the step? He, yeah, he, if, if, if we were in trouble, okay, or on the verge of getting in trouble, he would just step forward like one step. <laughs> I'll demonstrate. Go on, show I'll me. Demonstrate. Yeah, I've not heard this before. He would just do this. Okay. Oh, it's quite aggressive. Oh, yeah, because... He's but, about to crack you in the chin. Basically, what he was doing, it was like, if you imagine, like, Mike Tyson lining up for a punch and you get the front foot forward, okay? Yeah. <laughs> 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 How many times did you get knocked on the floor? He didn't assault us. <laughs> but the, the, the podcast was, is probably not the place. But it was a different time, everybody. There was a there was an air of menace in the air. <laughs> You're not kidding. And you just thought, do you know what? <laughs> 
he might do it. <laughs> so let's not let's not wow. find, let's not find out. Let me write that down. That's a great parenting technique. The step you've never seen like just just a step forward. The Cassidy step. It's an imposing. You know, it's it's a bit like like dominating the space, isn't it? Like if you want to intimidate someone, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, I get you it. You get up into their face. I've done it to people. But that's when I've been in a scrap in a boozer. Not, not to one of my kids. <laughs> and we were incredibly well behaved. <laughs> I'm writing that down, Leanne. If you're listening to this, the step is the way forward. I mean, I, I mean, parenting's you know it's it's changed a lot. Yeah, it has, mate. Yeah. So my mum, because she was a teacher, she had the stare. Like she could just turn her head, look you straight in the eye, and you'd fill your pants. Like yeah. you knew you were in trouble. So she flung open classroom one, and I was like, I don't want to do this. And she looked at me. She flung with a stare. I knew that if I didn't do it, my pants would be full. So I walked into classroom wrong at one. I, I rang the bell. Ding, ding. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas, everybody. And then my mum led me, because I couldn't really see, because I had these stupid glasses, fake nose, and this daft beard on. She led me to the, the chair in the middle of the, uh, the little uh, the, the reading carpet, and I sat down. And I thought, do you know what? I'm doing all right at this. <clears throat> so I started to open the, the huge sack, to which one of the kids, who's four years old, went, Ah! Why is Santa wearing Reebok trainers? (laughs) And that was it. I got up and walked out. Foxy and Giuliano, the podcast. Now, the sad news this week, Giuliano, of course, was the death of Maradona, Diego Maradona, one of the greatest footballers of all time. Well, you you would say the the greatest footballer of all time. Well, among deciding um, which tier we're in and who's coming over for Christmas, the only thing I've talked about this week with my friends is... Who is the best footballer that's ever lived? And you think it is Diego Maradona? Now I never saw Pele play, so I've yeah. got to say I've got to say that up front. But I've seen footage of him. Uh, but without doubt, I mean, I grew up Mexico '86 and Italia '90. So you'd have been about six years old. During... So Mexico '86, I was six, and then Italia '90. I remember that one. So Maradona at his best in both. What was he? How did Argentina perform in 1990? Did they do well in that They got year? to the World Cup final. Did they get to the and final? And then they lost to West Germany. Your knowledge is great. Uh, and in 86, they also got to the World Cup final, yeah. also played West Germany. Really? But Argentina won. Now, what everyone forgets is that Pelé, uh, whilst he was one of the greatest, arguably the greatest player that's ever lived, yeah. he was playing in a Brazil team that is still to this day seen as... One of the greatest, if not the greatest, World Cup team that has ever lived. Yeah. Possibly the Spain team for me as well in sort of 2008 to 2012. Just like almost unplayable. That's how good they were. Argentina in 86 were crap. <laughs> he tenderly whispered. Basically, Maradona single-handedly dragged what is a pretty, a pretty average Argentina team all the way to a World Cup final and won. And then pretty much dragged another pretty average Argentina team to another World Cup final in 1990. Single-handedly. On on his own. And there's not many players have done that because everyone talks about, all my mates were going like, Messi, Ronaldo. And that's because we see more of them. And they have like won Champions Leagues and all the titles in Spain. And Ronaldo and Messi are awesome footballers. And if it's difficult to compare different eras because obviously they're a lot fitter now. But like, Ronaldo and uh, Messi have never done it in a World Cup. They've never dragged their rubbish teams to, to, to a final. Maradona did. Everybody goes on about 1986 and, of course, the hand of God, which you know, yeah. knocked out England. But what people seem to forget is the other goal that he scored, which is arguably the best goal ever scored 
in football ever. Yeah, or the one in the game before that uh, yeah. against Belgium. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, just uh, the, the 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 amount of videos which which get, got on YouTube and Facebook since the the announcement of his death. I mean, the one where he's warming up for Napoli. Where have you seen that one? Where I mean, I, I, he, he reminds me of a young Giuliano playing for Maidenhead United. The, the warm ups are, are, are incredible. He was uh, so impressive. I think he had his own coaches. So the team had what? coaching staff and Maradona. In, in, in Naples, Maradona is actually God. Like the way they're more, I think it's three days of, three morning, days of morning in yeah. Argentina. In Naples, they will be mourning just as much. Like that, he, he was. He was good. Everyone forgets that that Napoli, before he went to Napoli in, I don't know, 88, 89, something like that, were rubbish. And then he turns up and they win two titles. An amazing player. Now, this, this is a quick story about... Uh was well, two actually. Firstly, my, my stupid Ray, uh, my friend stupid Ray, announced that uh, it was a sad death of Madonna uh, this week on uh, Facebook. I, I, apparently, I think I saw on Twitter there was quite a few Australians. Sorry to pick on a nation, and sorry if you are Australian. Hey, we, we get quite a few listeners in Australia to this podcast. Just be careful, mate. But I think there was a, a, a fair amount of um, remorse in Australia. Uh, or remorse is the wrong word, but like uh, sadness that Madonna had died and her, for her great music. Sad news of Madonna, the yeah. death of Madonna. Music was a great song. Uh, the other story I've got, um, a, a mutual friend of ours who is a, a fantastic journalist. All right, I'll put it out there to start. Mm. All right, was given the task of getting a guest on for a radio show to talk about the death of Diego Maradona. Surely um, just go for ex-footballer type that would be the easiest way to he go. He was told to go for uh, an Argentinian journalist. Okay, yeah, that's another way of going. Which, which, you know, you're, you're, a, you're a five live journalist. That's the kind of thing you'd have gone for. Yeah, it's bread and, and butter. He, he was told to go for an Argentinian journalist, a guy called Peter Coyotes, who is a well-renowned Argentinian journalist and also has had the privilege of spending a lot of time with Diego Maradona so it would have been a fantastic guest to talk about what a great footballer he was but also what a, what kind of man he was how he lived his personal life by the way if you haven't watched the Diego Maradona documentary yet that was made by the same people who did Senna and Amy I haven't it's incredible you know it's absolutely incredible so when he goes to Naples so everyone knows that he was uh, sort of drinking and doing a ton of cocaine at the same but also he was involved with the mafia Wow, I need to see that. What's it called? Madonna. I'm not saying he was a criminal, by the way, although you can't libel someone who's dead. But um, <laughs> he was... Uh, the, 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 the level of involvement from the uh, Neapolitan Mafia was... It's just incredible. Watch it. What's watch it called? It. Diego Maradona? It's, I think it's just called Diego Maradona. Right, I'm going to look for that. So uh, our mutual friend, who is a fantastic journalist, was asked to track down Peter Coyotes, right? So um, he goes on the internet, types in Peter, C-O-A-T-E-S, yeah, there we go, blah, 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 hits enter, and bosh, there he is. There is Peter, the man that he's been requested to find to get on the primetime show to talk about the death of Diego Maradona. Um, now, our mutual friend isn't a massive football fan. So he tracks down who he thought was Peter Coyotes, God. Peter Coyote says, yeah, um, absolutely love to be on the show this <laughs> afternoon. It'd be great. So it's all lined up for later on that afternoon to go on a radio station. And he calls Peter Coyote. Peter says, yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. I'll talk about Maradona. Absolutely fine. Yeah. And our mutual friend at that time thought, a bit strange that this Argentinian journalist sounds like he's Northern. <laughs> 
But still, that didn't stop him. No, he put him oh, live wow. to air. Oh, live, no. Live to air. It wasn't even pre-recorded. Live to air. And it was only halfway through the interview he'd realised he'd got on Peter Coates, who is the Stoke City chairman. <laughs> His surname. It does spell out as Coyotes, but it's Coates in this country. Ladies and gentlemen, Julian Foxiano. No, Foxy and Giuliano, the podcast. Hello. Hi, is that Rob? It is, yeah. Hi, Rob. How are you, mate? Oh, yeah, sorry, who is it? It's Foxy and Giuliano. Hello, mate. You're right. Sorry, yeah. there was no um, no caller ID. No, we're, we're, this is a secret so mission. Secret I mission. I assumed you were about to try and sell me um, solar panels <laughs> or, or something. <laughs> Hi, Mr. Mayor. Would you like some solar panels? Uh, have you seen the weather? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a podcast, so it might be a really sunny day when someone's listening. Oh, well, you know. Um, yeah, go on. Tell me some solar panels. Um, <laughs> Rob, ha- sound, Rob sounds really excited to be on the podcast, doesn't he? That's because Rob has got a call out of nowhere about it. <laughs> yeah, that's because Rob didn't know it was about to happen. <laughs> Those are always the best ones. Rob... Yeah. I'm not going to sell you solar panels, but I am going to sell you the chance to win £20 worth of takeaway on us. £20 worth? Yes. Not £20. <laughs> £20 worth. I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Okay. Rob, are you ready to play Port Balls? Absolutely. Here we go! Sing along, Rob. I know you know the words. Pork balls, pork balls. Get your pork balls. Will you be our caller? From of all our calls. Pork balls, pork balls. Get your pork balls. Get the number right and you'll get your pork tonight. Right then, Rob. Are you ready? I'm ready. How excited are you to play this? Uh, yeah, you couldn't hear me singing there. I was on mute. Oh, that'll be it's it. It's a shame, isn't it? Cute. What are the chances? <laughs> of course it was. Of course it was. Do you want to explain the rules That's to Rob? I'm very excited. Well, Rob knows the rules because he always listens to the podcast. But for anyone else who wants to take part, mm-hmm. when we finally remember to actually <laughs> ask someone to play. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that our defaults are always political reporters. Yeah, well, we're just phoning people that we think will pick up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised you did, actually, Rob. So... It's well, very. It's because it's because there was no caller ID. Obviously, if I'd seen it was you. <laughs> <laughs> so, R- Rob, tell us when you're when, when you're not breaking political stories in Birmingham, the Black Country. Um, what do you do? What do I do? Yeah, for fun. For fun. Oh gosh, uh, I. Uh, what do I do for fun? I watch a lot of um, sport on he's the a, telly. He's a rugby league fan. <gasps> was it the grand final last night? It was the grand final last oh, night. Oh, right. So you'd have been up drinking. Did you win or lose? Did Wigan win? Uh, Wigan didn't win. Oh, no. Rob. Nice one, Jules. <laughs> what a kick in the nuts, losing <laughs> to St. We, Helens. Uh, we, we, it, was, um, it was a draw until um, the last second. Oh, good God. Yeah. But I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm, I'm fine with I'm it. Fine. I'm fine. I'm with it. absolutely fine. No wonder you're so up for this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, Rob, it's very simple. Um, we're going to um, call a Chinese takeaway. We've already called one. 
and uh, we're going to ask them what number pork balls are on their menu. Um, if you can guess what that number is, we will pay for your t- uh, takeaway up to the value of £20. We're not made of money. Cool, sounds good. All right then, okay, Rob. So, um, Rob, what's your strategy? Don't jump into it, Rob. Strategy? Uh, <laughs> well, I'm going to pick a number between, between sort of one yeah. and... About three hundred. Oh, great. right. Okay. So great strategy. Well, no, but wait a minute. It might be stupid. Does your local takeaway go up to three hundred? Well, yeah, that's what I'm. I, you know, because it's um, ten o'clock in the morning. I don't have the menu in front of me. Do you not, but, loser? But <laughs> I, I think they've got about three hundred items on the menu. Wow. Okay. That's what's your local? What's your local takeaway? Um, oh gosh, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> okay. It's called it's called the Something Dragon. The Something Dragon. Barton underneath Wood, and it's oh, very good. Very extensive menu, hasn't it? Yeah, three hundred items. That's a lot. Blimey, the chef must be all over the place. All right then, Rob. It's time for the big decision. Yeah. What number are you going to go for? I'm going to go for two hundred. I would suggest, as they say in Yes Minister, that's a bold decision. Are you sure you want to stick with that? Oh, no, it's not brave, is it? (laughs) No, you've talked me out of it. You've talked me out of it. Okay. 207. (laughs) 108. 108. Okay, do you want to lock it in? Let's lock it down. Locked in, Rob. We wish you the best of luck. Let's make that call. Hi there, mate. Uh, I just wondered, could you tell me what number your pork balls are on your takeaway menu, please? Uh, 91. 91 at the end. Oh, Was that, did yeah. you say 90, yeah. 91? Okay. Thank you, mate. Bye-bye. Bye. Close. 91, oh. Rob. You were close. Close, and yet so far, just like Wigan versus St Helens last <laughs> night. <laughs> Absolutely gutted. I bet. <laughs> now, that is... That is so. Cool. That's probably the closest you've had so far. Isn't I it? think it is. That is the closest we've had so far. Oh, no, no, no. I think, I think in the history of Port Balls, we've had somebody who guessed the exact number, so that we couldn't get any. Not closer. on the podcast. That no. was on okay. one of the, the shows before. Yeah. Like one of those pretend shows you did before. Yes. <laughs> that nobody seems to remember or care about. Um, <laughs> right, Rob. I know. I know you've enjoyed lockdown so far. What are you up to today? Uh, today, I've got some DIY to do today. Um, so I've actually, I've already been to the DIY shop and I've done that thing where, you know, you don't want, cause you're a bloke and you don't want to look like you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. So you'd sort of refuse to ask for any help mm-hmm. and buy like several different versions <laughs> yeah. of various screws and things because you've no idea what will fit. Yeah. So, so I've, got, I've done that and I'm yeah. going to spend an afternoon share, uh, swearing at some shelves <laughs> while I try and put them up. It's what dreams are made of, Rob. It's what dreams are made Absolutely. of. Absolutely. Good on you, Rob. Well, good luck with that and thank you very much for playing Potballs. Thanks for having me. Goodbye, Rob, everyone. Bye. Finished on the low again, Jules. Yeah. Got anything to talk about? Should we talk about who we're inviting around for Christmas? Um, <laughs> and the arguments that came with that. <laughs> no, goodbye! Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you listen every week. And make sure you like our Facebook page, Foxy and Juliana, the podcast. And don't forget Instagram. We're on there too. Take care. Speak to you soon.